Thank you for joining us today as Pastor Tim shares the Word of God. Our prayer is that your life will be touched by the Spirit of Almighty God and constant, powerful truths that can be applied to your everyday life. Let's join Pastor Tim with today's message. Well, I want to welcome you to lesson number four. Uh, With this lesson, uh, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 18. Uh, We are in our verse-by-verse study of Philippians, and we are studying on the joy that we can walk in. Uh, We left off in lesson three, and we've talked really about this from the very beginning, but the fact is people can rob your joy. People can rob your joy. And we're going to look in chapter three, uh, look in chapter three. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord and never get tired of telling you these things and I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. All right, here's some problems with false teachers. Uh, We got people who are just teaching heresy, teaching stuff that's wrong and that can rob your joy. Chapter four, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. Uh, He goes on, I appeal to you, Eudodia and Synthenu. Please, because of you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. All right, we got some women arguing, fussing and fighting and disagreeing here. So we will continue to see how people will rob your joy and how you have to purpose in your heart not to let other people steal your joy. Now, there is a difference in unity and uniformity. There's a big difference in unity and uniformity. And you need to know the difference for yourself and for where you are. Unity comes from within and it is a heart matter. Uniformity comes from pressure on the outside. We have some of our uh, students here at Christian Ministries Academy that are in unity with our school. Their heart is where we are and their heart is going the direction we're going we have students who are in uniformity. That means while they're here, they're gonna do what they're told to do and we will make them do what they're told to do. But their heart's not here. We know when they graduate. When they leave here, then you can know who was in unity with what we were doing at CMA and who was in uniformity with what we were doing at at Christian Ministries Academy. Uh, You know, and it's the same in church. It's the same in daily life. There, you can be in unity or you can just be in uniformity. You teen challenge guys that are here, you need to know. I mean, you're going to do what you're told there or you won't stay. That's bottom line. Please come get you. You're gonna do what you're told. But those that get in unity, their whole life will be changed. Their whole future will be changed. The direction for their whole life takes on a different meaning. Those in uniformity, you're just conforming while you're here. And the second Brother Greg turns his head, you're off over here doing something wild. You're over here. As soon as the pressure is not on you to do right, you're just waiting for a crack in the door to do wrong. So don't be deceived thinking that you're doing good when you're not doing good because you are in uniformity, you're not in unity. And there's a big difference. Push yourself to walk in unity. What's God doing? What's God teaching me? I need to make a change in my life. And there's a big difference. We are made to do right, and it's not in our heart. There'll never be a lasting change in your life. 
and you see the difference later in life. Well, who's in unity and who's in uniformity? We'll know in six months. We'll know in a year from now. We'll know down the road from now. I, I don't have to know that right now. I will know. We'll know who had a heart chart change. This is why Paul opens this section appealing to the highest possible motive in life. Let's get started. Chapter 2, verse 1. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others also. The highest possible motive is unity out of love. Unity out of love for other people, love for God. You walk in unity. Your disagreements will reveal a spiritual problem. And that spiritual problem is most often pride and selfishness. That is the spiritual problem. Some of our students are here in uniformity. Some of our students are here in unity. At Leaders Academy, in our intern program, some are here in unity, some are here in uniformity. We know after they leave. You can watch where their life goes in a year from now, in two years from now. You know, in church, it's the same way. With the husband and wife relationship, it's the same way. And when that is not solved, it is, it, it, it's never dealt with by more rules and more regulations. And, and our society wants to pass more rules. We need to pass more rules. We need to pass more laws. We need to pass more laws. We need to pass more rules. We're going to add more laws to our student handbook. Next year, we're going to add more rules to our student handbook. You're not going to control behavior by rules. You control behavior by the heart. And we continue to want to make, make control people, whether it's at jobs or whether it's at school or whether it's in the marriage or whether it's in church. We want to control people by a bunch of rules. Don't do this and don't do that. And don't go here and don't go there. I don't have to tell our church members where to go and where not to go. Get your heart right with God and you won't be where you don't need to be. Get your heart right. with. It's a heart issue. And look what he says here. <clears throat> Verse uh, Verse 2, are your hearts, see, it's not of the rules, is your heart right? Verse 3, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, look what he says, thinking of others as better than yourself. When you esteem or look to others as more important than yourself, It'll change everything about your life. It'll change everything about your life. And what you got to know, well, I'm putting myself down, putting myself. The more you put yourself down and serve other people, Jesus taught, the greater you become. And in business, 
you don't make money and get ahead by stepping on people and using people. You make a lot of money and you get ahead by serving people and meeting their needs. And the more you put yourself down and you lift your customer ahead of you, the more prosperous your business will be. It's a principle that God set up to operate in this life. But the more you try to step on people, the more you try to further your agenda, the more difficult life becomes for you. And to the greater extent of selfishness you walk in is a greater the degree of problems that you experience in life. When you get ultimately selfish, then you have the police after you. Nobody likes you ever. See, the, the degree of selfishness determines the degree of failure you have in your life. And the degree you esteem others higher than yourself will, will show the degree of prosperity and success that you have because that's the way God created this world to work. The problem is there can be no joy in life until you serve other people. Because it is in giving and serving that you receive. The secret of joy in spite of others is the submissive mind to other people. Verse 2. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? They make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. You, you got to understand what agreement is. Say, well, my wife and I, we disagree on a lot of things. The truth is, we agree on everything. We both want to serve the Lord. We both want to raise two godly daughters. We both want to do well financially. We See, now, we may disagree on petty things that don't make any difference. But what we have to do as the body of Christ is we've got to learn to major on our agreement and work wholeheartedly in agreement with each other and not take offense at this little agreement, this little disagreement, and this little, come on, lock arms in here and work together in unity. Well, Tim, I just disagree. I disagree with you too. But if we'd get off of that, do you want to see our community go where God wants? Do you want... If you would sit down and talk this thing through, the truth is we agree on everything. You and I agree on everything. Then don't take an issue with one point or one decision and get mad and quit the church. Don't get mad and get a divorce. Don't get mad and quit your job thinking that you disagree because the truth is we agree. What we disagree on makes really no difference in the long run here. We all want to go same direction. And that's what Paul is saying. Let's wholeheartedly esteem each other higher than ourselves, and let's come together and work in unity. Now, Paul's going to give us four examples of a submissive mind in this chapter. Let me give you a quick outline because we're not going to get to all of them in this lesson. Verse 1 through 11 we're going to look at the submission of Jesus. Verse 12 through verse 18, we're going to look at the submission to the Lord by Paul himself. Verse 19 through verse 24, we're going to look at Timothy and his submissive mind. Then in verse 25 through verse 30, 
Epaphroditus, we're going to look at his submissive mind. So Paul is making the same point and using four illustrations in this one chapter. Now let's move on. Verse 4. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Now, you've got to understand this isn't some being a doormat, mamby-pamby, little weak Christian over here. This is a way to be strong and prosperous. Look out for other people's interests. If you can help other people succeed in what they're doing, you will be abundantly blessed. Whatever it is, whatever you are doing, whatever you're a carpenter, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're a secretary, whether you're an accountant, if you will help your customer, if you will help your, if you'll help your wife or your husband succeed in what they're doing. See, if you will help others succeed, then you will bring, you will reap the blessings in life. But the problem is we only look out for our own interest above our own spouses, above our own kids. Y'all go out in the backyard and play. I'm tired and I want to watch TV right now. We look out for our own interest above our kids. Verse five, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Jesus did not think of his equality with God as something selfish in nature. You're talking about somebody that could have had a better than now attitude. I mean, if Jesus didn't think he was better than you and I, how can you think you're better than somebody? See, Jesus' outlook was of unselfish concern for others. And look what verse five, have this mind or this attitude in you. And if Christ didn't take who he was and use it to lord over others, how can you think you are, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. Have this mind of Christ. Now, what he's saying here, the mind of Christ, the privilege, he did not think of his equality with God as something to cling to. Jesus had privileges in life. He was in heaven with God. He didn't use who he was for himself. He used who he was for other people. Now, you have been gifted. You have certain giftings, all of us do. You don't use those for yourself. See, Jesus took on the form, humbled himself, and he's using his giftings for other people, and in that you will be blessed. Do you see what he's teaching here? Verse seven. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges And he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Not only did Jesus think of others, he did something for others. See, this wasn't just some mental ascent. Jesus actually did something. He became a servant. 
He did something for other people. When Christ entered the world at Bethlehem, he entered into a permanent unity with humanity, and we are to have that same mindset. We enter into a unity with one another. And I'm just telling you, our nitpicking gossip, who likes who, I don't like that one, I've got an issue with this person, I've got an issue with that person, it's no wonder we're personally so weak. It's because we've always got an ax to grind, we've got a beef with somebody, we got a problem with the teacher down there at that school. We got a problem with the principal. We got a problem with our administrator. We got a problem with that cop. We got a problem with my boss. We got, you know, there are people that have to have an issue with every. Look, you get on equality with humanity and you work in a unity with one another. And you let these areas that you may not agree on Put those aside and agree on the issues that we can agree on and watch the strength and watch, we're going to get into this, watch the joy that comes in your life. You don't like her and she's, oh, she ought to do this. You start majoring on what you don't like about somebody, you will never have joy in your heart. When you major on what you like about other people, then it opens up the door for joy. You've all been upset at somebody. You weren't happy. I mean, just look at this. You can't be nitpicky with somebody and walk in joy. If you're going to walk in joy, then you're going to have to walk in unity with people. Verse 8, let's move on. He humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on a cross. Many people are willing to serve others if it doesn't cost them anything. Call me if you need me. That means don't call. I just want to feel good because I said that. I'm here for you, brother. That just makes me feel good for saying that, but I'm not going to do anything for you. See, many people are willing to serve if it doesn't cost them anything. All right, back to, back to where we started. You must have this same attitude. Back to verse 5. Here is the attitude that you and I have. Here's the mind that we have. He was willing to lay down his life. He's willing. We are so far away from this in America now. That's why there is no customer service in a business. That's why there is no customer service in a business. Right up here at the top of the hill years ago. I want to pair this Burger King that's now empty, out of business. And I walked up there. I got out of my car. There was five or six employees all smoking outside. You couldn't smoke in the building. So they're all on the sidewalk out smoking. So I walked through. Excuse me, excuse me. And I walked in. I get into that building, and there's not a soul in there. I'm standing at the counter. One of the girls opened the door and hollers, we'll be in there in a minute. It was no shocking surprise to me that that thing went under and that building is now for sale. See, how far can we get away from serving other people? The more you serve other people, the more you have a servant's mentality, 
the better off you are. You got to say this. The better off and the more prosperous you will be. But when you don't have time for people, you don't want to be put out by people, you don't want to be taxed by people, you don't want to listen to people's complaints, you don't, you don't have any other's service mentality, then look how successful you won't be. It's the way God created this to work. Have the mind of Christ. He served other people all the way he was willing to lay his whole life down that's how far he was willing to serve other people let me just ask you this man this is a simple question have you ever been given a present or somebody did something good for you raise your hand been given a present have you ever given somebody else a present that you worked kind of hard and surprised somebody with which was more fun 100% of the time, which was more exciting. I am more excited about my kids or my grandkids opening their Christmas present than I am about anything that anybody could ever give me. Why? That's weird. I mean, that's weird. Why would you, I care less what you got. Look, look what I'm getting. Why? You were created like that. Giving brings you joy. Doing for other people brings you joy. Being selfish won't make you happy. Yet our world is pursuing selfishness at a breakneck speed in spite of their own spouse, in spite of their own kids, in spite of their, I'm going to grab for all the gusto I can get. It's my life. I'm going to live. And we're more unhappy than we've ever been before. Because you are created to give. And when you do, when you serve, it brings you more joy. It brings you more happiness. Why are we an unhappy society? Why, oh, Tim, I don't know why I'm not happy. I can tell you, and I don't even know you. You're selfish. Right. <laughs> Tim, I just, my life, it's just, I don't have any joy. Want me to tell you why? Oh, you think about yourself. Show me somebody who's happy all the time, and I can show you somebody who's always serving and giving and doing and helping other people, and their life is centered around doing for other people. It's just the way life works. It's just the way life works. Verse 9, we've got to move on. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and, on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The name above all names. Jesus' name is above all names. What other names can you think of? I was just thinking of names. Depression, moodiness, anger, jealousy, frustration. I mean, Jesus is the name above all names. And we operate on, we have been given the name of Jesus to use. And we teach this all the time here. This is a concept that you have to understand. For you Teen Challenge guys, you got to understand you have access 
to the name of Jesus. You have access to the name of Jesus, and this is not a hard concept. This is not a hard concept. Darren right here helps me a lot. Darren decide, uh, he, we, we're building something, he needs some lumber. He can go up to the lumber yard and he can get lumber in my name. I'm working for Tim, I'm here to get lumber in his name. Do you know they don't ask Darren for any ID? They don't ask him for his credit report. They don't ask, they're going on my credit report. See, he gets lumber for a project and he can use my name. We, we all operate like that. We, we do that every day. Yeah, I'm going in your name. That's exactly. Here's the name above all names. And you have that name. And when anger comes on you, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that anger. When misery, when loneliness, when depression, when anxiety, in the name of Jesus, I take authority. See, I have access to the name that is above every name. And you boldly use that name. Now, we do that all the time. All of us have gone to the store and gotten something in somebody's name. We've charged something to somebody else's account. We do business like that all the time, yet we don't understand the name and use the name of Jesus. I don't know what that means. It's not a hard concept, folks. We do it all the time. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to have peace today. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to walk healthy and whole today. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to be blessed today. In the name of Jesus, I'm walking in happiness today. See, you access, a, look at this. He has been given the name that's above every name. Now you access that name and you draw strength from the name of Jesus in your own personal life. This is not a Sunday school lesson. I'm teaching you how to live here. I'm teaching you how to have joy in the midst of a difficult circumstance. I'm teaching you how to walk in joy when you are in the, Paul is writing this, remember, from jail, from a dungeon. He acts in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now, <clears throat> well, let's read on, verse 12, I gotta move. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important I want all of you to see this. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. That's good. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. We're all big on bowing our head and slipping our hand up. We're all big at coming to the altar and crying. But we're not too big on showing results of your salvation. Oh, Pastor Tim, I got saved last night. Well, that's good. I'll see you in six months. Come on, you, you, you got to show results of your salvation in your daily life. You show results of, are you saved? Show results of that. Are you saved? Are you a Christian? Then results of that are shown where you live, in your home, in your family, in your daily life. Show results of your salvation. He's not talking about working for your salvation. We're saved by grace. Everybody understand that? We don't work our way into heaven. We're saved by grace. But because I'm saved by grace, I'm going to show, I'm going to work on the results of that in my own life. Verse 13. For God is working in you, 
giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is working in you. Submit to the workings of God in you. Now, are you ready for the bad news? God works through people. You, you teen challenge guys. God is trying to work in your life right now. And he's using Brother Greg. He's using the leadership at Teen Challenge. And he's trying to work a humble, I ain't doing that. He ain't telling me what to do. Let God work. That is God trying to work his work in you that you're mad about because of the leadership at Teen Challenge. They ain't going to tell me what to do. By God, ain't nobody going to tell me what. God's trying to work a work in you. You've got to stop rebelling against the work that God is trying to work in. What, what did I just read? What verse was that? Verse 13. For God is working in you. God is working in you. And every time I'm in line at Walmart, I have to think verse 13. God is working in me. God is working in me. See, you teen challenge guys. God uses your leadership to work in you. He uses the lady at Walmart that checks me out to work in me. It's not good. He's using who you work with to work in you. He's using the person next to you in the cubicle at work. He's trying to work something in you. That person that you are so angry, you just choked the butt. God's trying to work something in you right now. God, and he uses people and circumstances and situations. And you have to be aware of verse 13. Allow God to do his work in you. I'm not there yet. But you should have known me 20 years ago. Poof. Every time you think, man, Pastor Tim, he's a hothead. You should have known me. I'm a whole lot less of a hothead than I used to be. Boy, Pastor Tim, he got a smart mouth. You should have seen my mouth 20 years ago. I could have sure told you off. It took me a couple of seconds to get you told off. I could have told you off without even thinking about it. See, I'm getting better. See, God is working in me. God is working in you got to submit to God's working in you, and it's not an angelic force that comes down. It's your boss. It's your mate. It's the lady checking you out at Walmart. It, are you getting this? God is working his will and his purpose in you. Verse 14, do everything. Oh, man, I wish this wasn't in here. See, that's the problem. You know, I like Sunday mornings because I can pick out the verses I want to preach on and I can skip the ones I don't. But when you're in a verse-by-verse study, it's obvious when you skip a verse. So I can't skip this. Do everything without (laughs) complaining. My wife asked me, do you have to complain about everything I ask you to do? Uh, Yes, I do. It's just something in me. I eventually will do it, but it seems like I have to complain about it while I'm doing it. 
do everything without complaining and arguing. Verse 15, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. It's one thing to come in church and raise your hand and dance and get slain in the spirit and have big Holy Ghost time. It's another thing to go live right. Yeah, that's right. Live your life right before God. Innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. There's a world full of crooked and perverse people out there. That's why you've got to go live right. When Christians don't live right, what does a crooked and perverse generation have to look at? Because you are the Christ that people see. You have to live right. And you've got to live your life without complaining and arguing and griping about it. Verse 15, so that no one can criticize you. Wow. Live your life in such a way that nobody can criticize you. Nobody can criticize you. That's a challenge. That right there is a challenge. Live your life in such a way nobody can criticize you. Hold firmly to the word of life. Why does it say that? Hold fast or hold firmly? Why does it say that? Because it's easy to let it slip out of your hands. That's why it says that. Because you can let it slip out of your hands and you can go to hell in a heartbeat. Hold firm. Hold firm to life. Hold firm to life. It can and will slip away if you don't hold firm. Verse 17. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. Joy is a benefit of living your life right. God works in good. You work out the junk. And our example to live by comes from Christ. And the result of that life is joy. Rejoice. Paul says rejoice, and I want to remind you, he's in the dungeon, in dungeon when he writes that. Paul is urging us to share in his joy. Y'all stand. Lord, we continue to work the junk out of our lives and to work you in our life. Lord, help us live our life right before you, that our life is lived honorable, above reproach, that our life is lived pleasing to you as we serve one another. Amen. We hope that you have been blessed, encouraged, and motivated by today's message. If you are interested in more messages by the pastors at CM Church, please log on to our website at www.cmchurch.com and click on our podcast link. You can also purchase series and other messages at our online store.